KSL, Charlotte Sports Live. The number one overall pick is now the number one quarterback. For the moment, as we turn our attention from OTAs to mandatory minicamp, Bryce Young is giving coaches and fans plenty of reasons to smile. Welcome to Charlotte Sports Live. Michael said here with Gabe McDonald. Plenty of reasons that we're giving you guys to smile tonight. Yeah, it's been good to be back with you, man. So the Hornets watching the NBA Finals from home, but they're hoping that the number two pick that they draft in a couple weeks could get them there someday. We'll reveal the latest mock drafts ahead of the draft for just two weeks from today. But we start with the Panthers and some pretty concerning news, Mike. Yeah, this is not a reason to smile. Panthers cornerback J.C. Horn is out for mandatory minicamp, which starts next week after an injury to his left ankle and foot. The Panthers said the injury happened while working out. No surgery is required, but a walking boot is, at least for the next few weeks. Horn is expected back by training camp. He's played in just 16 of a possible 34 games since being drafted eighth overall in the 2021 draft. This is a big problem. This yeah. is a big, big problem. Now, I know you're going to say, hey, it's a different foot, but when you talk about J.C. Horn, now that's another injury. Remember, he had the foot, yep. this foot, and the risk that cost him the end of last season. That's thing. Not good. And you got to keep him on the field because this is your guy that you're looking at to be a cornerstone you know, for this defense. There's a reason why they didn't chop a lot of those guys last year. But I think, too, there's a little bit of a silver lining. I think with this, next week is going to be big for a lot of those guys who are really trying to earn their keep. A guy like C.J. Henderson, who came on late last year, didn't really have the end of the season that he would have hoped. There's a chance for him to maybe redeem himself because you look at it, he's a former first-round pick, too. Hasn't really lived up to the hype that he had coming in. Also, a look at a guy like Rajon Wright, who came in in rookie minicamp, a guy that can really elevate his game. So I think, obviously, you want to have J.C. on the field, but this is a good opportunity to see the depth that you have. feel bad for him, but yeah. as, a, as a guy that follows the team, as, as a fan, if you're a fan, this is not good. Yeah, you you got you to start thinking, is this guy injury-prone? I don't like it. You definitely want to see him live up to that, and this hasn't quite yet. Now to the man under center, a big development during this session of OTAs with Bryce Young getting all of the first-team reps. Coaches and players alike have raved over the past few weeks on how well the first overall pick is getting a grasp on the playbook. Now, it's certainly been a test for Young since he got on the field for Carolina back in May, but he says he's grateful that he's been put through the fire early on. You know, I think the coach has done a great job of, you know, how they've how they've approached, um, you know, coaching me, coaching the quarterback room, um, you know, challenging me when they feel like it's appropriate, down things back when they feel like appropriate. And again, I, I have complete trust in, in them, and you know, I appreciate the challenge. I love the challenge, and I feel like being able to have the coaching staff and players that I do around me um, is what you know pushes me and allows me to, um, you know, process it and uh, get through it. And there's still a lot of growth that I want to do, but uh, I'm excited for that. And our Carla Gephardt was at practice today. She talked to Frank Reich about the QB decision. That's right, guys. We are outside of Bank of America Stadium right now. Of course, we were at the practice bubble earlier today watching OTAs wrap up for the Carolina Panthers, and we got some pretty exciting news, especially if you've been following uh, the first overall pick in this year's draft, Bryce Young, working his way up to QB1, and that's exactly what Frank Reich told us today, that he has taken all the first-team reps with the team this week and that he is working into that QB one role right now. Andy Dalton now moved down to two and they really wanted to make this change before they get to mandatory minicamp next week. Right said that this is all a part of the progress and the plan that they had for Young all along. Bryce Young, on the other hand, was not even informed that this was going to happen until last week. But Reich assures us not to read too much into anything right now as far as Bryce Young is concerned. But this is all about doing what is best for the Panthers moving forward. This was kind of the time that we had marked this week to just kind of 
um, move him up. It's just the next step, right? I mean, you know, there's nothing, I'm not saying, there's really nothing to say other than, hey, we just wanted to move him up this week. Um, felt like it's been the right time. He had a couple weeks to watch Andy. Um, that was really, that was really good stuff. And, and Andy's continued to perform at a very high level. You know, Bryce is doing well, Matt's doing well. It's, you know, we're just trying to get our team ready. And Coach Frank Reich said that depth charts are, of course, a part of the organizational part of having a team right now. They want to have clear communication with the players and the coaching staff about kind of who sits where. But he also said, again, don't read too much into it because all of these guys have to get pads on for them to have a real evaluation of where they sit on the team. And he said they won't know that until they get down in Spartanburg later next month. All right, Mike. So obviously, you know, <laughs> don't name... read too much into the. <laughs> so we're do you... ready to give him the starting job now. Exactly. I mean, you got mini camp and then training camp. You expect? I mean, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. We know he's going to be the guy come week one. Yeah, right? I mean, this is a, number one a wonderful sign that yeah. the guy is understanding the playbook. It's a sign he's adjusting well to life in the pros. All that is a, is a very good thing. I like the fact that Reich does not speak in absolutes. This is not a done deal yet, but. As long as he keeps going onward and upwards, Bryce Young is going to be your starting quarterback for yeah. week one. Mark it down. And I think you look at just the leadership he's already taken, too. It's like he talked about today, wanted to get guys and a lot of veterans, you know, to meet up after minicamp is over to get some reps in. I think that's what he wanted to see. Normally you see that out of veterans, but for him to come in as a rookie early on to take that leadership, like, hey, we all need to get together, get some extra work in. Don't just have this month off as a vacation. Yeah. We need to keep working because this team wants to do special things, and having him like that – as a leader early on is big. And look, I still think, you know, he's a young guy, a right. rookie. He's still going to experience oh, yeah. ups and downs, but I think he's got all the tools to bounce back from that and keep growing as a player. Yeah, that welcome to NFL moment is coming, but yep. hopefully it doesn't have too many of them. All right, well, moving to the front office, we're making some small moves ahead of minicamp next week to fill back out the roster to the 90-man limit. The team claimed defensive tackle Jalen Dalton and running back Tyon Evans off waivers. Dalton was waived by the Falcons yesterday. Evans was waived by the Rams. Both are actually Carolina natives. Mandatory minicamp starts on Tuesday for the Panthers. On paper, the 2016 NBA Finals looked like a huge mismatch as the Warriors took a 3-1 series lead on the Cavs. A second straight title appeared to be in Golden State's future. That is until our number two moment in NBA Finals history happened when LeBron James stuffed the Warriors' championship dreams both literally and figuratively in Game 7. Moments later, the Cavs would complete an unprecedented comeback, securing their first championship, as well as their place in NBA history. And we'll share our number one NBA Finals moment tomorrow night. We can promise you one thing, it will not include the Hornets. Buzz City has never even played in the Conference Finals, let alone the NBA Finals, and their track record in the playoffs since the turn of the century has been the worst in the league. Charlotte has just 14 playoff wins since 2000. Three of those came in 2016 against the Heat. The rest came before the team was moved to New Orleans. The Spurs, if you're wondering, have the most playoff wins with 151. Charlotte opened a jump up that list with the help of their top pick in this year's NBA draft. It's two weeks, yes, two weeks from tonight. And we're bringing Joe Morano now to break down the latest mock drafts. So, who do they have the Hornets picking now at number two, Joe? The pundits you're asking, I assume? Well, here's the deal, guys. It's going to look a lot like what we saw for the Carolina Panthers leading up to the NFL draft. It's just going to be 
one of two guys that all these mocks are going to show you because, as Mike just said, we have two weeks left here. It's either going to be SEC Player of the Year Brandon Miller or G League standout Scoot Henderson. We here at CSL, we're still rolling with Scoot. Get it? All right. The Athletic and Sports Illustrated also agree with us here. Henderson, though, you know, great size. He's 6'4", almost 200 pounds. It's all muscle. ESPN and the AP, though, say Brandon Miller will be playing in the Queen City next season. So both these teams still have yet to hold workouts for Charlotte, right? I believe that's coming. Yeah. Or yeah. more workouts for them are coming. School will be coming in tomorrow. And then uh, you have Brandon Miller and also the twins, actually, a, a man and a SAR coming tomorrow. <laughs> then Scoot and Brandon Miller. I stay Come on, tell who you got here. I, I think it's going to be Scoot. I Why? Think when, you look, when you look at his skill set, you're going to have Melo at the one, more of the facilitator. Scoot Henderson is more of a going to the rat guy. I kind of yeah. compare him. A lot of people compare him. You, you look at Russell. Scoot, you think Scoot wants to be the? He doesn't want to be point guard. You think he's want to give that up? He's going to have to accept that role. Really? When you got to say you don't want to play. I mean, that's the thing too. But I think you're saying a guy that shoots 25 percent from three is going to be if you a look, great off guard. 42 percent from the field overall. Russell that's Westbrook, also not good. Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose for their career, 43, 45%. So that's pretty right much around par. the same. See, it's pretty much on par. You got that, Lebr that LeBron quote that I love saying, because Scoot's 19, I believe. LeBron's yeah. saying yeah. he has the body of a 30-year-old. What, what, what did his parents feed him? I need to give that to my kids. <laughs> I need that workout plan, too. I think, what, what's your take on this, Mike? I, I still think it's going to be the kid from Alabama. I think he, you know, it, it, he fits in better with the offense. You move him over there. I mean, it, 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 it here in the situation, you need more guys that can put the ball in the hoop. I think Miller's that guy. I, th I think it's cool. And I, I, I think you're going to be and asking. It's good to have this debate, too. But I, I, I just don't like it. I and, think it, it and it makes sense, And I think, the, the, let's say there's a possibility, oh, you move Melo off ball. Well, no, he's a 42% shooter. That's not going to work no, either. you can't move Melo you'll ever move him no. off there, yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. They have good compared because Scoot's 6'4", Melo's a bit taller, 6'7". I think they complement each other well. All right. Amazing to see two weeks from tonight. <laughs> We've seen quite a few big crashes on the track lately, and NASCAR is now doing something about it. That is next. And a few months removed from the demise of our indoor lacrosse team, as well as the entire league, the fastest sport on two feet is back in Charlotte this weekend. But is it here to stay? We try to get the scoop from PLL President Paul Rayville. That's next on Charlotte Sports Live. Well, after racing in Illinois last week, NASCAR takes its show further west with the race this Sunday in California. It's the Toyota Save Mart 350, and it comes to you from Sonoma. Tyler Reddick, your Vegas favorite for this road race at 4.5 to 1 odds. Right behind him, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott both at 5 to 1. The Charlotte kid, William Byron, has 8 to 1 odds to win the checkered flag. And then the last week's winner, Kyle Busch, rounds out the top five at 9 to 1. We know NASCAR has had ongoing conversations surrounding driver safety in the next-gen car. But now, they're implementing steps. According to Fox NASCAR's Bob Pachris, NASCAR is making changes to the front bumper, front clip, and center clip to help soften the blow in some of the crashes we've seen lately. One of which coming from Denny Hamlin, who is right rear hooked into the wall at the Coke 600. Hamlin says he dealt with stiffness in his neck after the wreck. Changes to the next-gen car will be effective at the race in Atlanta coming up next month. Meanwhile, back here in Charlotte, we've got the Premier Lacrosse League in town for some fun this weekend. And just like in their first appearance in the Queen City last year, there'll be two doubleheaders at American Legion Memorial Stadium. The first one starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. The other begins at 3 p.m. on Saturday. He's the co-founder of the PLL and its current president, not to mention a legend in lacrosse and the one-time record holder for the world's fastest shot. He's Paul Rabel. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm very excited to be here with you. Oh, we're excited to have you back. This is the second year in a row. You're playing a bunch of weekend games in Charlotte. What made you guys want to come back? 
Charlotte and the greater state of Carolina is is just fantastic when it comes to lacrosse participation and growth. When it comes to attendance at professional games, the Charlotte Hounds were once playing at this American Legion Memorial Stadium that we're going to be at Friday and Saturday night. Um, and then when, when we came last year, it, it was just a fantastic environment. So one of the big announcements we made ahead of the season is what we were calling internally Project Next, where we're going to be assigning our eight teams to home cities beginning in 2024. And the greater state of Carolina, potentially Charlotte, is on that short list. You're getting all my questions here. We're, gonna, we're getting into that. <laughs> Don't worry. I do want to ask you, this year, uh, the Professional Box Lacrosse League had a team here in Charlotte and within like two games, done. You guys are in year five. I mean, how, how tough was it to sustain this thing? And how are things going in terms of that onward and upward climb? It, I mean, it's really hard. There, there's nothing more difficult in the realm of professional sports than to start a new team or league. In fact, over 200 of them have been started since the late 90s. There's a 1% success rate that's based off your abilities to sustain greater than three seasons of, of, of presence and growth. Uh, so we're now in season five. Uh, there were a couple of keys when I think about professional lacrosse and specifically outdoor versus indoor. A lot of us that play the game understand its roots. It's a native American game. Uh, so it's, it's the oldest sport in North America. It's the first sport in North America. And it was always played on the field. It was played outdoors. It's, it's what we see young kids play. It's what they play at the high school college level. So there's a, there's an adaptation uh, and an understanding of, of the game's translation to the pro level. And I think indoor can be challenging um, for a field lacrosse fan uh, because it's a different form of the game. Well, you sort of mentioned it. I, I, you're talking about changing the model next year, giving cities their own teams. You, you said it earlier, Charlotte's a finalist for one of them. So give us the scoop here. You, you can tell us here, we'll, we'll keep it a secret. Is Charlotte gonna get a team? Well, I mean, look, I'm pulling for it. I, I think there's there's a lot that goes into this process that we've disclosed up to this point, which um, takes into takes into account first party data, third party data. There's board governance that goes into this. We've involved the fan as well in a vote, and that started last weekend in our opening weekend in Albany. It's PLLVote.com. We had over 50,000 people come in over the first 48 hours and register their emails and names and why they want that team to come into that city. It, venue is a big piece. Attendance is a big piece. Um, when we think about overall market conditions, uh, what sports mean to that community, sponsorship opportunity. Um, I would say if you're a fan, the best way to get a PLL team is to go to the game when we're in season. Um, and we've had a great turnout in Charlotte last year. We're anticipating a huge one tomorrow night and then again on Saturday. Um, so I think that that weighs in pretty profoundly when we make these final decisions in November. So sell it now. If you've never been to a game, if you didn't go last year, you're going this year, first time, what can you expect? Well, I think it's the best game and the fastest game on two feet. This game has a lot of history and a lot of reason for you to check it out. And I think the way that we play at the professional level is unlike anything you'll ever see. Three top 10 plays on SportsCenter last weekend. Three, and that's with the NBA and NHL playoffs going on and a, a Premier League final. So we're really pleased, as is our network partner at, at Walt Disney Company and, and where we are and where we're going to continue to go. From the legend himself, thank you so much for your time, Paul. Thank you. See you soon. See you this weekend. Fastest game on two feet. All right, let's get to this game. Are the Panthers doing the right thing by moving Bryce Young up to the first team, or is it too soon to do that? That is next on CSL.
And later, Shaq, Dwight, or AD. By drafting second three times in their history, the Hornets have just missed out on some big names in basketball history. But now, with the number number two pick on the horizon, will Victor Wembanyama end up being their ultimate? Could have been. We discuss next in Quick Six. The field of 11 teams from the Carolinas in the NCAA baseball tournament. Wake Forest, South Carolina, and Duke can advance to the Super Regionals. In tomorrow, top-ranked Wake Forest hosts number 16, Alabama. The number 15 team in the country, South Carolina, the second-ranked Florida. And Duke will play number 7, Virginia, in Charlottesville. And now it's time for Quick 6. Joe Morano and Brian Blakely, along with Mike Lissette in the hot seat tonight. Let's go ahead and get at it. Two minutes on the clock, please. All right, Brian, you're up first. Do you like the move to give Bryce Young more first-team reps? Yeah, I do. I think it's a good thing. And, you know, he he. it's not like he didn't earn it. That's what it was. why he was giving it to him. But I think it also gives him some confidence going forward. And those extra reps are going to be big going forward, getting him prepared for the first game of the season. And also it helps him gel with the offense. Absolutely. All right, Joe, same with the Hornets, uh, the Panthers, rather. Do you think J.C. Horn is injury-prone, or do you give him a pass having bad luck over the last two years? We're, we're leaning that way to injury prone, but I think he gets the pass for now just because he hasn't missed any games yet. We'll see what happens, though, a few months from now when that season starts up. All right, now moving to the Hornets. They've had the number two pick three other times, just missing out on Shaq in 92, Dwight Howard in 04, and most recently Anthony Davis in 2012. Mike, will Victor Wembanyama be better than any of those three? I mean... Maybe two of the three, but I don't see him being better than Shaq. Shaq, I witnessed the, the rise of rookie Shaq. There was nothing like it, and of course, he had a great, great NBA career. You got a whole biography on him, didn't you? Yeah, I did, in fifth grade. <laughs> There's some great handwriting. You can see it on my Instagram, that's right. <laughs> All right, Brian, you're back up. Did the Vikings make the right choice releasing Dalvin Cook? You know, uh, talk about a cap casualty. The Vikings saved millions, yeah. and, you know, he's 28 years old now. He's long in the tooth. That's over the hill for a running back now, and he's injury prone. But there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be suiting for him. Check out the Dolphins and probably the Bills or somebody like that. Look at the cook. Yeah, you got him, Leonard Fournette, and Zeke who are all still free agents. All right, Joe, you're back up. The College Football Players Association organizing a boycott of the upcoming college football game because it's reportedly offering just $500 to each player. Fair or foul? I, uh... I don't, I don't know. I, I like NIL. I hate the structure that it's in. Are you guys shocked that NIL is playing a factor now in one of the great college football pastimes? I think it's foul, but it's it's tough because does Caleb Williams get more money than the second string safety from Tulane? I don't know. Sorry, go Whatever ahead. Whatever we got to do to get the game. All right, Mike, last <laughs> one. If you could play the main character in any 90s movie, who would you be? I, I'd like to be Agent J in Men in Black. I think that'd be a fun, yeah. fun trip. Put the glasses on and say... I make this. Look you look good. like him a little bit. I think, yeah, we might need to, I, think, I think we might need to reenact that a little men in black. I'm going to do the dance. How long have you been waiting to put that on the show that you make this look good? That's right. <laughs> we got to get the shades next time. All right. Charlotte baseball season may be over, but the honors keep rolling in. Cam Fisher, Wyatt Hudipole, and Jake Cunningham have all been invited to attend the MLB Draft Combine coming up later this month. Only the top 300 prospects get an invite. So it's a pretty big deal. We're having our QC crowns coming up next on Charlotte Sports Live. Back here with our QC crowns. Got to show some love to Oklahoma softball with my crown tonight. What an incredible run by the Sooners. Wow. They clinched their third straight national title tonight and seventh in program history. All of those coming within the last decade. The Sooners end the season on an NCAA record 53-game win streak with an overall record of 60-1. No doubt one of, if not the greatest season we've ever seen by a softball team in history. Well, just as cool, but a heck of a lot more random. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> crown is going out to the greatest movie franchise of all time. Not Avengers, 
not Fast and Furious, it's Ghostbusters. And today was Ghostbusters Day. 39 years ago, the original movie came out. And tonight, I plan to celebrate it by watching it for the 143rd time. Uh, and all I can say is human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. 143? Oh, probably more than that. That was a, an estimate for this purpose what, of the show. What a street. All right, for Michael said, I'm Gabe McDonald. That was Charlotte Sports Live. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Good night.